0: Hey, hey, hey. You're now tuning in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today we have Miss Whitney Jones. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing good. Good. Um, Question. Where are your family from, since we both Joneses?
1: Oh, yeah. So most of my family was from
0: here. So. Uh, never mind. <laughs> not We're not related. At all. We're not related. Not at all. Uh, it'd be funny because people would be like, you look familiar, and I'd be like, no, I don't. Like, um, <laughs> you don't very know me. Maybe you look uh, uh, image, so if you know me or you saw me, you saw me. But right. Like, you look like, no. My family is from, the Jones side is from Chicago.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, Have you went to the fair yet?
1: I have not, but I'm probably going to take my daughter probably before, probably next weekend, actually. I think that's the last weekend, so. Yeah.
0: I sent my son today, so he went for both of us. For both of us. I do, <laughs> want, I do us. want some fair food, so I might see if they bring me some fair food. But I'm not a big fair person. I never, I've never been maybe once. Really? I've been here since 2009. I don't like oh wow big crowds like that. Even though I like people, mm-hmm. I don't like big crowds like that.
1: Yeah, so I guess the food ain't worth no, trying. <laughs> it
0: ain't worth point. taking. I don't like in line. Oh I yeah, line. that's true. I'm like I will go to the grocery store. And I will see a line and I'll leave. <laughs> I, I just buy something out to eat. Because I'm not standing in line. I'm, uh, I'm patient when it comes to that. I feel you. Yeah. So we're going to get into your story. And mm-hmm. I usually don't have questions prepared. But I have some questions thanks to AI. I don't know if I should say that. They might. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mind. I'm talking about Iverson, not AI who they're talking about. <laughs> so um, how has... so. I guess we I don't never go straight into who what we talk about the topic or anything. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about the tragic tragic event of your father passing away. Do you remember it? And do you remember your emotions when it did happen?
1: Oh yeah. I actually remember that specific night. Mm-hmm. So it was July twentieth, nineteen ninety eight. And I remember my mom woke me and my brother up. It was probably about three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And they said, something happened. It's an emergency. We got to get to the hospital. So I didn't know who was in the hospital. I don't know what happened. All I know, my auntie came to pick us up. And it was like pouring down raining that night, too, or that morning. And I remember the whole drive to the hospital. You know, my aunt is kind of trying to put us in good spirit. Yeah. Like, y'all, we got we to go to Disney World. And I'm like, Disney World? Yeah. At this hour? Like, yeah. we ain't packing no bags. I was like, I knew something was off. And I was like, okay, just, just go with the flow. And I remember making it to the hospital and my mom kind of went, she was kind of ahead of us. And I remember there was like a doctor and a chaplain that was kind of like in that hallway. Mm-hmm. And they talked to my mom probably about all of five minutes. And I just remember seeing her head drop and I couldn't tell she was crying or not. Her head dropped and then they just took her in the room. And I guess she was kind of looking at my dad, making sure, confirming that it was for sure him. At that point, he had already died. So they were basically just relaying the information to us. Like, And the doctor was like, I don't recommend you bring your kids in because I was nine and my brother was three at the time. So they didn't think it was going to be appropriate. So, And I, and I don't blame him for that. And I just remember my mom coming out and she just gave me that look like, how am I going to be able to do this? Like that that motherly look like, am I going to be able to do this on my own? And she never showed any emotion probably until we actually got home. And then that's when she kind of sat us all down. She was like, you know, daddy was killed tonight. And and I just remember my body just getting numb. Like, I, I couldn't even talk. I was like, what? I just had that lump in my throat. Like, you, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember my grandma and them had came over. And I just remember telling everybody, like, daddy's dead. You know, daddy's dead. Mm-hmm. And that night, cried myself to sleep. And that's pretty much what started it all. So, Mm. But it's crazy. I remember that night like it was yesterday. Yeah. Specific details, and I remember which highway we was on and everything. So
0: yeah. it, it's, it's stuff like that went from when you were when we were kids that you remember that.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember.
0: Well, my dad he passed away when I was four. He had um, cancer, so I don't re- really remember a whole lot about him. I just remember. I remember I got a whooping, <laughs> and I, I noticed that sound what I did mm-hmm. was a little nasty. But I used to uh, drink out the toilet. Did you? Yeah. What? Yeah. Because, oh yeah, you really. Get- <laughs> because I, I, you know, your parents were like, you can't get nothing to drink after a certain time, <laughs> and if you turned on the water like oh. they would know so I would go I would sneak in the bathroom and I had the little Dixie cups and I was drinking out the and my mom told my dad and I got a whooping but I just remember my dad having this big it was something with his leg his leg was like bigger than my body is right now and then I remember his funeral going to it I had a little gray suit on mm-hmm. but I don't remember nothing else I just remember being there I didn't cry and that was it so it was. It wasn't the same as like getting a call or anything of that sort. But I do remember when my grandfather passed away, fell, um, in his sleep, mm. and we were over my my sister's dad is my dad because my dad died when I was younger. So my we we're over at his house and he got a call and I knew mm. something told me it's like that's that's about granddaddy, and wow. I just knew and it was like he told us it was like like he said I was like numb like, and I'd never seen my mom cry. Mm. Until then I'm talking about the ugly, music, yeah. You know, it's not and her and my grandma, they hugging me and I'm cause I'm the only <laughs> guy. I'm like, what what am I supposed to do? I'm gonna, like me. Right. Play what am I supposed to do here? And all I remember is like after you know we left, I just went to go play basketball with my homies. Like it was a yeah. good day. But then I also told them afterwards, but it was just different being a kid, like and understanding like death. So mm-hmm. after that. Did you have, I wouldn't say PTSD, but did you have, like, trauma from that? Like, being a kid and, like, because you were nine, so you were at an age where you you knew dad, you knew what was going on. And so how did that, like, change your life, like, going forward, like, having someone there and then... Yeah,
1: it was a it was a big life adjustment, especially at that age, because I and unfortunately my brother with him being three, he has no memories of my dad. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my all of the memories I have, I have to share with him like, hey, I was a daddy's girl. We was doing something every weekend. I was like if he left the house, I was pulling on his leg like I'm coming with him. And so to have that stripped away from you at that young of an age, it's like uh, literally a part of you is gone. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that growing up. I was like, something's just missing. Like, he's not here. I can't talk to him about boyfriend issues, Mm -hmm. any of that. So it was like, it was crushing at Mm -hmm. that age. And, but I I grew up fine. You know, a lot of that responsibility kind of fell on my mom and my grandma to raise me and my brother. And they did an amazing job. Like, you know, we both grew up. We were successful. We both are college graduates. So I'm I'm proud of how far we come because a lot of people sometimes don't recover from that. And like you said, the PTSD, it hits people differently. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: people grown like to lose appearance different maybe than being a kid because, right like you had that person there and I remember it was different for me even though my dad and my mom wasn't together mm-hmm. he was. Uh, I don't really remember remember him or, like being there or whatever but it was like my sister would talk to me like oh your dad died, or, you know she mm-hmm. be evil and I remember one day I beat her up and my mom was like that's what you get but then she also got on me it's like you gotta let that go you can't hang on to that and be mad at somebody else. So I used to like have these dreams, like, oh, my dad was here, I wouldn't have to live here, and yeah. him being this superhero. And then I found out he wasn't. Like he like used to do stuff mm-hmm. uh, that I, illegally. Mm-hmm. Then he used to put his hands on my mom. So that made me even like, oh, I really might not even like Buddy. Right. You put your hands on my mom was like, I'm ready to go at war with anybody, like anybody. Yeah. So it's like sometimes that can mess a kid up because like maybe for your brother he could have been like oh this is what you know uh or somebody could have been like oh yeah maybe told him one bad moment just mm-hmm. thought of oh this person is being bad but then you find out later in life that there was a good person so exactly. it sucks for a kid to lose their parent because you kind of don't even understand it and not then, at that like time. you saying like you with them everywhere you go all the time and then it's like boom, it's like, oh wow, what what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So, um, I I, I don't know why this question came up, but I thought about it because I see a lot of single moms mm-hmm. that have daughters. Did your mom ever have any put any positive men in your life after your dad? Yeah. Like,
1: um, she's had a couple of positive men that we kinda looked up to like there was some that was there. You know, six, eight years of my life. And, you know, whether they made it official or they never got married or anything, but yeah, I had some real nice, positive male models around I had uncles that was always on standby because my dad he had a big family so Mm -hmm. I think I'm not even about to lie but I think it was like a good seven eight of them Mm -hmm. so I had uncles and yeah Yeah. (laughs) and lord forgive me if the number is off but um so yeah they they was always supportive like it was always about the Jones family taking care of me and I always had the family on my mom's side there too as for support so it's amazing to have that so Definitely it
0: now thinking about it and don't want to get off track of where we're going with the conversation, mm-hmm. how important for a young girl do you think it is to have positive influence? And it don't have to be someone they mom date. It could mm-hmm. be someone from school. It could be a pastor. It could mm-hmm. be anybody. How important do you think that is? Because I... I was looking at like a lot of single moms, their friends be single, They mama single, mm-hmm. or it's a lot of single and it's no men around, but I feel like there needs to be men around for any kind of child. So, how do you like the importance of that when a child does or doesn't have that male influence?
1: Yeah, I think it's extremely important. A
0: girl, don't I mean it yeah. cut you off with a girl. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. I think it's um, very important because. You know, your mom is always going to do as much as she can. She's always going to wear multiple hats. She's always going to claim, I'm the mama and the daddy. And that's kind of how she has to stand her ground, you know, to be respected in the house. But the man, it's something about that man like perspective that a woman or a young girl is going to need growing up because you just a woman can't answer everything especially when it comes to a men's perspective so having that guidance and especially if they're positive it can be it can be uplifting I think especially when that young girl starts dating Mm -hmm. and you know you can come to your mom about certain things but something about a man like you know so this guy I'm talking to he's got x y and z ways about him so what does that mean or should I proceed with caution you know because men are going to be able to pick up on another man's behaviors. so that's excrucial, like that. I think is very important. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think women don't realize that sometimes um, that even though it it don't have to be somebody dating, it could be mm-hmm. a coach, it could be something, but a positive male influence. Because I have uh, a daughter; she's not biologically mine, but she's still my daughter. And I remember when she turned like twelve, mm-hmm. and this—that's crazy. think about talking to about boys. <laughs> right. We had just went to go see. The hate you give. And I was telling her and um my niece, which is uh her cousin, like, hey, I know eventually y'all going to have. And it was like speaking in the future. I was like, I know y'all eventually going to have sex at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. I was like, just don't be a hoe. Oh, okay, straight and, to it. Huh? Straight to it. Because <laughs> that's where sometimes a woman. Oh, you shouldn't. No, I'm, I'm going to give you the game. Or if you see a little boy, hey, he don't want nothing but this. Mm-hmm. Or I was like or t- telling her like, hey. When you do this and you send this to a certain boy, mm-hmm. you know, this, boys talk just as much as girls do. Yeah. So when you do certain stuff, guess what? The whole little crew know. And then the whole little crew might go tell and then mm-hmm. not everything. And they might not see that from a woman's perspective because women might not know or yeah. say, hey, boys talk just as much as girls. So I just wanted to know that because I feel like that's a lack in the community. Uh, of having a positive male influence for a girl, and I get it mm-hmm. how the world is shaped and all this different stuff, but I just think young girls should have somebody that can be able they can go to talk to because we speak logic, y'all speak feelings. And it, oh yeah, feelings ain't gonna get you to where you need to. Exactly. So that's moment. right. Okay, um. So, you lose your dad. You gotta continue life. Mm-hmm. you gotta keep pushing um, how did you like life for you like um, as in school as in like friends and stuff mm-hmm. how did that like change for you um, did your grades fall did you mm-hmm. keep going were you the same person or did you have to maybe get back on track
1: Um, I would say I didn't experience like any problems like in school I feel like Probably, like, in my teens, I had got to the point where I had accepted what had happened and I was at peace about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for years I was angry. Like, I was like, you know, why did this have to happen to my family? You know, Mm -hmm. specifically my dad. Like, why me? I did the why me question for years. Mm -hmm. But then it got to the point where it was draining. And I'm like, well, I can't be living life. And, you know, back then... Counseling and therapy wasn't no, really no, big, no. so my mom and my grandma didn't know, like, maybe these kids might need therapy, okay. you know, You and they probably would have been more helpful, and I mm-hmm. and I encourage that for any child that experiences this in this day and age yeah. to definitely go through that because, you know, they have grief counseling now, and that's a big thing, so I think, like, growing up, I was good. Like, I, I kind of just had to numb that, you know, and I, I realized later that I had been carrying a lot of weight for years, and I realized that in my late 20s when I share a story about it later. But, yeah, I did pretty good, though. Grades was good. I was always excelling in all my gla- um, classes, um, graduated with my bachelor. So, it. I was pretty successful, mm-hmm. despite the odds. I would definitely say that. Yeah,
0: I, I was the total opposite. <laughs> really? The total opposite. And I think it was, because I remember – like, having a male, having male influence, um, in my life, because my dad, he was there, but he wasn't there, like, the guy that I call my dad, because mm-hmm. he worked, and they got a divorce, so you had to deal with that, and I just remember my mom always put me in little stuff, but I'm like, why? Well, I'm, I'm not, nobody dealing with that, nobody listening, but I remember when my grandfather died, because that was, like, my homie, that was my best friend, that was the mm-hmm. first time I think somebody passed away that it actually, like, hurt mm-hmm. like yeah under like oh because I talked to him almost every day of my life uh or every week of my life I would say so when that happened I'm like school skip that I'm getting I'm doing regular school and night school oh so my dang. mom my my best friend at the time his dad was our pastor and she took me to him but it wasn't like on some oh you need to go talk to the pastor no you need to talk to him as like he your son like get on him oh yeah he got on me and I remember I was in there crying And then I remember my mom, she was crying of, uh, like, hurt. Like, Mm -hmm. you you just in here messing up. And after that, I kind of, I told her I'd graduate. I I graduated with a 1.7, so it wasn't that great. But I feel like if I had more of a male influence or somebody there... To get on me because I need somebody to talk to me crazy. I'm a little yeah. Like so, you can't just come and be like, oh yeah. I you might have to cuss me out just for (laughs) me to understand what you're saying. (laughs) So and like so, I remember that part when my grandfather died. It like it went left for me. Mm. No, I'm not gonna continue. And then even in college, I just didn't like school. I think I didn't like school because how they taught school and what they teach you. It's like I don't. Oh
1: yeah, you ain't you ain't gonna need it. Yeah.
0: So like you you got uh, you went to school you did everything good you know you stayed on track I didn't after someone tragically left so mm-hmm. what what did you want to be what did you want to do when you were a kid?
1: So when I was a kid I actually wanted to be a veterinarian. And then when I went to school And they told me well, Because I was a big dog lover I, That's all I had been around So didn't really have um, like experience With a lot of different other animals And I remember being in school And they was like Well you know You might have to take care of a horse one day Or you might have to go Treat a pig or something And I'm like no, Wait now I ain't trying to sign up for that now I'm just a dog lover Can I be a dog veterinarian And they was like No that's not how it works <laughs> So I had to like Change my whole track So I was like Okay they told me to get like a science degree to kind of help lead into veterinary. And I'm like, okay, so I'm in science now. I might as well stick with it. Cause this was probably about a year or two in. I'm like, okay, let's go a different route. So I just stuck with biology. Um, I love science. I love working in the lab. So I pretty much carried it on through for the four years and, Came out you know came out strong And now I actually work in my field You know a lot of people can't say that like oh, I don't use that degree but I actually do use it Like now working in labs and stuff like that So
0: yeah that's that's dope You don't really hear too many kind of like Scientists
1: right yeah
0: um, Buddy that was just In here his Mm -hmm. girl um, she's I I don't She does something with science too Oh that's dope yeah yeah, so y'all two the first People and that's why I like talking To different people because you never know So when you got in school, was it like, okay, maybe I want to quit, this ain't it. Or was it like, okay, I'm going to just figure it out and keep
1: it going? Oh, yeah, I was going to figure it out and keep going. Because the way I was raised, and my grandma, my mom, it was passed down to like, you're going to go to school, you're going to graduate, you're going to use that degree, find you a solid job, and you're going to retire in about 50 years. That's like, that's how that was ingrained in my mind. And I know a lot of people are raised differently, but I was on that track like, okay, this I just got to find a solid job, rock out, and I'm good. Yeah. Have my little 401k. And all that And I, and I was going to be good yeah. And then I realized that Like Like no nah, This is not it Because I feel like When it comes to entrepreneurship It found me I didn't go looking for it Because yeah. I was on a whole nother track yeah. So It's funny how things Kind of play out You know The older you get The more you learn oh, trust me
0: I'm Yeah right. <laughs> So yeah Yeah I know because When I was younger What I thought At first it was NBA And then I realized you had to have Good grades To that you try <laughs> out for the team <laughs> so uh, that kind of squashed but then I was like I, one, I always not entrepreneur I don't think I knew what entrepreneur but I was like I want to do something where I'm not working for somebody and I yeah. never knew what it was and then like I just said I hated school and I, I've been in in the education field for the last six one on seven years Oh, never would have a... thought right. My sister went to school got the degree to be a teacher she's not I am Wow. Like, never would have thought because like you said like as a as a kid, you're thinking all this different stuff, and then you become an adult. It's like, no, your path goes a different way. Mm-hmm. So that's just crazy that I'm even in the schools because I didn't like school at all. Dang. But it's like, there's a kid like me. There's kids like mm-hmm. me that don't like school for whatever reason. Part of it, I used to get bullied. That I didn't like school part because of that. But just how I just didn't like, I don't even like people telling me what to do.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, but now, like being an adult and having kids and just having a a child graduate high school and being in college, like you understand the educational part, the knowledge part, the learning part, Mm -hmm. but you got to be able to have a mix when you go to school because, yeah, I still think. I don't, never mind. I don't know if I can say that. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, education, we just need to add some extra classes that teach kids life skills. I
1: exactly. <clears throat> like, those are important, crucial. Like, how to build your credit at a young age yes. or yeah, what to – like, man, business-wise, too. Like, even, yeah. like, steering people, if they want to do entrepreneurship, start yeah. encouraging them in high school. So yeah. then they can make that decision on whether c- college is going to benefit them or not because college isn't for everybody. Yeah. So –
0: I don't, I don't think nowadays college is as important when we were, were younger. Exactly. I mean, you can do a lot of stuff without it. And I just, um, I remember like we had a entrepreneur class. Um, cause I was just looking at my grade, like my mom sent me on my report card. So I had one in like, I think 10th or 11th grade. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had to do a project and, uh, the project was like, come up with your own business. We, we did a great job. We went to the, um, cause I'm from Michigan city. And we went to the Lighthouse Mall. We got the mall manager, not just the manager of a store, the manager of the Mm -hmm. mall, gave him our idea. He was like, boom, that's good. But the teacher didn't like me. So instead of getting like an A, we got like a B minus. And
1: I'm like, how
0: can we get that? And we just went to the mall manager, and he said, if this was a real store, he would put it in the mall. Right. So stuff like that. But then you have a teacher that shut somebody, that could shut my dream But my mom also... Put mm-hmm. me in an entrepreneur camp. It was really just a camp, but it was an entrepreneur camp, and that's why I, you know, do the entrepreneur thing. So you said entrepreneurship found you. How? Well, did let's you, see. You Got the job. You you got it. it you wait until you fifty. Yeah. Plus years yeah. Retire, you know. So I. How, I did, how did that find you?
1: So I would say um, it hit me probably twenty years after my father's death, mm-hmm. and God simply came to me. He said. I want you to forgive the woman that killed your father Mm. just like that. And, you know, sometimes when we get hit with stuff like that, we have follow up questions like, <laughs> well, Lord, <laughs> like what's that got to do with what I'm doing now? Like yeah. my life in general, because like I had stated before, I was I had already accepted it. I was at peace and I had already forgiven her in my life because I knew that was what I was supposed to do. So I was good. I'm like, I just move forward yeah. now. And he was like, well, it's not about you. Mm. And I was like, oh, excuse me. He put me in my place. Definitely yeah. that day. And. I just remember I felt like an urgency, like in my spirit, like I need you to extend that forgiveness to her and I need you to do it ASAP. But I didn't know why it was so urgent. So I remember telling my mom and grandma about it, like, hey, it's hitting my spirit that I need to meet with her and forgive her in person. Yeah, actually meet with her. And so luckily, my mom had been keeping up with her entire sentence. So she knew which facility she was transferred to. She knew how to contact her if we needed to write her. So my mom had been on top of it all those years. And she never knew why she stayed on top of it because she was like, I don't know. I didn't know why I was doing it. But it all made sense at that moment because mm-hmm. now I had information to communicate with her. Yep. And s- since I was at a place where I was good, I could like talk to her and it wasn't no no malice and I was not angry at all. Yeah. So I remember it started off with us writing letters and then about the fourth or fifth letter, it escalated to us coordinating a date to meet. Mm-hmm. So building up to that, I'm like, "Oh Lord, what am I getting myself into? Because this is about to be crazy. You don't hear about people doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. So leading up to the visit, it was me, my mom, and her childhood friend had met. And um, not to share too many details about the exact visit, but I would just say it was an amazing, life-changing experience for me Mm -hmm. because I remember leaving the prison and my mom was like, how do you feel? And I was like, so much lighter. Like, I literally felt like, 10 to 20 pounds had been lifted off of my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I would have to say that was probably the second most pivotal moment in my life is when like, I feel like my pain had turned into purpose. And I say that because the whole drive home, which was about an hour and a half drive back to Indy, like, it seemed like God was like, feeling our spirit to say you know you guys said you want to honor your dad this is what y'all can do y'all can start a non these are the programs y'all can do and ultimately you guys are going to help families that have been impacted by the same thing that you was so just like that and that's how it started a year after that we launched my non-profit and we've been going since then
0: that's that's amazing cuz you don't like you said you don't hear that and then for you to actually have to you know, follow up and do that, and then your mom having the information. We don't know why people do certain stuff or why certain stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the reason why. Yeah, that's, that's dope that you actually listen to God because sometimes we don't. Exactly, I mean, you could have missed your blessing or living out your purpose. I think sometimes we delay our purpose because we don't we don't listen. Mm-hmm. Exactly, we don't, don't listen because yeah, God tell you to do something, you be like, really? Yeah, you want me to do that? But I also remember, I don't know if you know who wallow 267 is. He do podcasts, and he like an influencer. Mm-hmm. And he went to jail. His brother went to jail with him, but his brother got killed, like in his grandma. Like, he got shot and died in his grandma's arms, mm. and he forgave his kill Like, he locked really? up. He wanted to go and, 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 you know, get retaliation and all that, but he forgave his... Uh, Cause he was locked up. It's like, what can I do? I'm just gonna be in here, like you said, right? You can be angry, you're gonna be mad. You just and then it was like a weight lifted off, like him forgiving his brother's killer. So, I don't think people understand the weight that pain holds mm-hmm. on you. Yeah, it'll, it'll weigh on you, like me being mad at the world that my dad died, but then for what? Yeah, I'm just angry at everybody else. They don't care, they living their life, they going on their mostly way. It's like, you got to figure out. Why are you angry? Why are you upset? Mm-hmm. That, like, was there a lot of tears?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. cause I, I boohoo like a yeah, baby. I, I, I,
0: feel, <laughs> I feel like just being there, sitting there, I've probably been cool and all that. But then actually looking that person in the face. Yes. It's like, mm, yeah. So, but that's good that they, you know, the person got, got caught. Because sometimes people, stuff happen. Yeah. And people don't get caught. So, uh, before this podcast, I had another one. And I had a co-host. And the last day uh, we did an episode, it was like the worst, best uh, day doing it with each other. Because we got in an argument. Mm -hmm. Because I said something about her boyfriend. Not like bad, but she just didn't want... Nobody say nothing about him. So she was about not to do the episode. We did the episode. We had a meeting. We had everything. Like where we wanted to go with the podcast. It was a Thursday. That Monday, she had got hit by a car. Mm. And then a few weeks later, she really... Probably was going away when she got hit, but you know, we tried to wait. They tried to wait it out. Her family and she passed away, and I'm sitting there like God. So we just had all this meeting and all these plans of where we want to take the podcast, and now she's gone. What am I supposed to do? Wow. What am I I, supposed? Like I, I was lost for months, and then eventually, then I started doing this one, and things have been doing what it's supposed to but it's like why do we have to go through Mm -hmm. certain stuff to see the light but that's just how life rolls so you start the entrepreneur you nine to fivers, y'all working you used to set schedule all that Mm -hmm. so boom you start that how does that go and like just describe that little journey of the beginning part of that journey
1: Oh, yeah. So um, in the beginning, of course, you know, we did the whole legal stuff, you know, got our 501c3 tax exemption status, which is needed to be like a legal nonprofit organization. So we went through like the back work of that. Like I had to invest in myself and I enrolled in a course like how to start your nonprofit in 30 days because I was like I was blind to it. I'm like, I don't know nothing about business. So I'm Googling and I'm getting even more confused just looking it up like, Lord, you put me in this. where do I start? So I just remember taking that course. I did it from start to finish. By the end of the course, I got our 501c3 status. So then at that point, I'm like, oh, we up and running now. So, like, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> like what kind of programs are, gonna, are we going to offer? So we initially just started off just keeping it simple. We wanted to give away scholarships mm-hmm. to, like, high school seniors or college students who had lost a parent to gun violence because mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure our programs were – in line with what we went through. Because people, you know, when people go through stuff, they want to hear from people that went through the same thing. I feel like that's the only way they're really going to listen. And so we were like, okay, we'll start off with this program. And ever since then, I think we've built onto that. And then we were like, okay, what else is a big need in the community when people lose, like, those immediate family members, especially the gun violence? And it was like, okay, well, usually I know in our case, we have financial hardship. So let's start like a bereavement assistant program that helps cover some of those funeral costs or unexpected bills that you get when that loved one is just stripped out of your life just like that. So that's probably been one of our biggest programs is like we've been able to help so many families just here in Indianapolis. And you guys know like the gun violence is we're in a gun violence epidemic right now. So every, you know, every week is something new like, oh, this person was killed. And I always think, oh, their family. Like I always think about the family because that's who's left to pick up the pieces after that person is gone. So I think the two programs we've had so far has been extremely successful, and I've been loving every minute of it. And, you know, eventually my goal is to be able to do this full time because I can only imagine the eight hours at, that I'm at my job now putting that into my nonprofit. Oh, I can imagine the sky is going to be the limit for that. So I'm looking forward to that and overall.
0: I, I love that you – still work in doing that because like a lot of times people want to just jump into it. Like oh, jump yeah. Jump in the pool. You don't know how to swim. You just want to Right. <laughs> like you said, because uh, I had, um, we had a mentor program. Started, man, you got to learn the 501 and all this. I had other people, like my um, ex-wife she was doing that. I had a buddy doing all the other stuff. I just like to be the voice. I just like to go. And mm-hmm. talk. So all the other stuff. But then you have to learn about it because if you don't, then somebody could do you wrong or yeah. something like you might not have yeah. to write paperwork. You might taxes. You don't never want. You don't never want to play with them. So yeah, I had to Learn that different stuff and then like with um actual taxes, like doing your business tax and all that and just doing different stuff that that. Necessarily, I didn't see somebody growing up do exactly. You having to go do it, and even like this, like podcasting, I had to learn all this because I do everything, Mm -hmm. and it's like it sucks, but then it doesn't because now you know you're learning your field. Now you're able Mm -hmm. to, if I can produce a podcast, maybe I can produce a TV show. Yep, there you go. A movie. So it's always reasons why you have to do certain stuff, especially as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. because. It's times where you sitting there like, man, I'm at this job. I don't even want to really be here. I to yep. be at doing my own thing. So for me, like when I'm sitting around and not doing what I'm supposed to, I'll be like, this is the time you're supposed to do what you need to do. Because there, there you it is. Be at work and trying to do both things mm-hmm. and mess up with your job. But then when you go home, you don't do what you're supposed to do for yourself. Exactly. But it's hard because being in the education and these little kids and their parents. and right. their teachers, it you. So yeah, I, I try to get as much done or I try to in, uh, schedule each day of what I want to do. Mm. So <clears throat> speaking of schedule, how, how do you do it? How do you go to work, come home, run your nonprofit, think of the ideas, set up events, do mm. all that stuff. Do you have a team? Do you do it by yourself or is it, where you like you have it scheduled, you have routines and stuff mm-hmm.
1: of that sort. So I'm not going to lie. I'm still struggling mm-hmm. with the whole scheduling thing. I'm still learning this whole life-work balance because it's just life be lifing. So it's yeah. like, oh, gosh. So, like, of course, I work my 8 to 5. I come home. I have a five-year-old daughter to tend to, and now she's, you know, she's in kindergarten now. So now I got all that, you know, having to get her home, feed her, get her in a bath, make sure she's taken care of, do any schoolwork, and then get her in bed. So then by that time, I'm like physically and mentally exhausted. So it might be some nights I don't even get to touch anything when it comes to my nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And it hurts me sometimes. I wake up and be like, dang, you know, if I could have just stayed up a little bit longer, I probably could have got this. I could have got that done. So I'm just learning to like balance it. Like, you know, maybe set days like Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. I'm going to designate some time after work. No matter how tired I am, I'm going to say if it ain't nothing but an hour, do it and come up with a game plan. Okay, what do I need to do? What's what's my to do list? And then the good thing about having nonprofits, you're required to have board members or other people considered directors. So you I think for the state of Indiana, you have to have a minimum of three people to help you run your nonprofit, which I think that's dope. So like I always run. I'm always texting my team like, hey, I got this idea. Let's make it happen. Let's schedule a meeting on Zoom. And go from there. So, like, once we have something in place, we know what type of event we want to host, then the easy part comes, you know, just spreading the word, you know, asking for donations if we need it or – but, yeah, I, it's definitely a struggle. I'm not going to lie, especially, you know, having a child and
0: yeah, – a, a little child and yes. I was a kindergarten teacher last year, so I know they come home and <laughs> tell you all about their day and all that. Yeah, so that that's the – I think that – that's the hard part as a parent mm-hmm. because you don't want to go to work, come home, work, and then forget your child and leave yeah. them out. Because like this weekend, I've had a lot of stuff to do. But I yesterday, I'm like, all right, we going to my bro's family reunion. This is going to be the time where I'm not doing no work. You have yeah. fun. I'm going to have fun. Today, I was like, you can come with me or you can go and you can go to the fair. Mm-hmm. And he chose the fair. <laughs> so I'm like, that's cool. All right, here goes some money for who you going with. You go have you a good time, and usually it's ba- it'll be basketball on weekends. So my weekends it's like Friday, Saturday. I can't do nothing. So Sunday might be my day of recording and editing and doing all that. Yeah, like Sunday cool. I might have to just shut it down where I can't do nothing. Right. Like you said, you gotta pick certain days to where you do stuff. Mm-hmm. I had a clothing line also, but I was like, that's too much. I'm gonna have to. I still got it, <laughs> right. but I'm like, I can't learn everything by myself and do it. And you that's good that you got a team yeah wait lord i can't wait to have a team i don't think people understand how crucial having a team is Mm. for what you do because if you don't have a team you you gonna want to throw the talent
1: yeah and make sure you get a solid team too because Mm. it's very important like you need people that's dependable like you can call them and say hey i need this done i know you're gonna get it done and have people that like are passionate about your vision just as much as you are. Cause you want them to go, like if you gone, you want them to be able to carry that out too. So make like, sure you find solid business. Um,
0: is your team, is it, they your friends?
1: Um, yeah, I have one, I have a couple friends on there. Um, and I have, my mom is on there of course. And I have a lady that's out in Chicago that helps. She's kind of like a publicist. So she kind of helps with a lot of stuff. And, um, strangely enough, I actually have, um, the lady that killed my father is on my board. Mm. So, she got released mm. a couple years after I came to visit her, and little did I know. I thought that was just the end of us. You know, oh I, I, I I said yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I forgave her, and I thought we was gonna carry on with life, but God had other plans. So, she's been very active in like volunteering, and yeah,
0: that's even that's dope on her part, though. Right? Because like you might feel guilt. Inside, but then, like, because you're helping people help you're helping people that lost someone, and then you could feel like you're the person that lost it. But then it's like, okay, maybe if this didn't happen, all this did it's just weird how life is. Me thinking that I'm I'm gonna go a whole different direction of the podcast, thinking about that. But that's just it's just sound like a movie, right? It sounds like like. yeah, I need to do a movie. Like, for <laughs> right. real, like, the person, you know, you, y'all do however it was when you were kids, and then years later, you eventually go meet her, and then now y'all work,
1: that, Now we are literally working though. together. I've
0: seen that somewhere. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's dope, though. Yeah. that's dope that God allowed both of y'all to take whatever y'all had inside and be able to work together, and now y'all helping other families. So tell us, we, ah, we didn't skip the way over the title of the foundation. <laughs> tell us what the uh, the foundation is and tell us a little bit like who it helps. Like you kind of said it, but just mm-hmm. tell us the name and like who it helps and what is your overall goal?
1: Okay. So, of course, it was the organization was named after my father. So it's the Raymond K. Jones Foundation. And um, we pretty much help families who have been victimized to gun violence. You know, we provide those educational resources with the scholarships. And then we have our bereavement assistant program as well. And so I would say like our end goal is just to keep adding to our programs because there's so many other areas that I know that we can help, especially when it comes to grief. A lot of families that we've helped, they're like, hey, do you have a grief support as well? And I'm like, no not at this time but we're definitely going to get that eventually Um, and then we actually want to start partnering with prisons and other like um, juvenile centers as well like to go in and actually share our story Mm -hmm. because she has that connection with people who were in prison Mm -hmm. and so that's how we can kind of connect with them as well so that's kind of what me and her plan is to like kind of travel the world share our story um, go in and out of these prison systems and just see how many lives we can change because I mean if we change one life I feel like it was all worth it like
0: that's that's dope like <laughs> y'all go together y'all team and y'all can go in there cause like you give different perspectives you give one side of the person that caused the, the pain and then mm-hmm. you get the side of the victim and then to see that y'all are able to work together that's gonna help people beyond like what you probably even imagine. cause think oh, yeah. about the, the people that someone killed and like to talk to them or see mm-hmm. like, look at them and to see them on an everyday basis. I mean, you're a lot older now. Yeah. So, you know, you move past that, but just, I, I don't even know. Yeah. Like like
1: people thing, ask me, like I have, I've had family to this day, like on my dad's side, it's like, how did you, how are you doing this? God. Because, I'm still, it's still some of my family members that are not at that place to where they have forgiven her. And yeah. some have. Yeah. Since I've forgiven her, I have uncles that have come to me like, I'm ready to forgive her too. And I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah. So I'm telling y'all, the power of forgiveness is, who, it's life changing. Yeah. And I encourage that for everyone. Don't hold grudges against people. Forgive them and move on. And like in my case, I'm thinking, oh, I forgave her for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was for her too as well, so yeah. that's when it's kind of it hits people differently. Yeah.
0: And I think I don't know. I look at death different because I've never had like besides my granddad, my, my granddad and my granny. I haven't had like other people close to me pass, so I I, and I just look at it different. It's like you like it's so long ago that it happened that we still holding on because I, I don't know because I feel like I hold a grudge against my dad's family. -hmm. Because I was four when he died, nobody ever came to see me. No one. Mm -hmm. Like I never met. I, to my knowledge, I've never met my dad's dad. He passed away some years ago, and my brother told me. I'm like, okay, right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I talked to him on the phone because I called him, and it was like, I just gotta let. Like I don't know who these people are to even go talk to him, but it's like I can't hold this grudge against them because of how they acted. Even though, like, my brother used to be like, oh, you talk to such, I don't know who you talking about, bro. I don't know these Right, people. yeah. So I always felt like I was the kid. So y'all should have, mm. like, y'all just left y'all, y'all brother's son just to hang. Yeah. And I used to have an uncle that lived in my, well, he still lives in my city. He lived in my city. I would see him. And something about him just made me look at him different. Yeah. And then I found out he was my uncle. Wow. And now he has a relationship with my son. Cause my mom, you know, takes them around and have them meet people. And it's like, I was mad at first. Yeah. And this is the first time I'm saying this on like camera or anything. I was mad, like when my mom told me, because I'm like, how you got a relationship with him and y- not
1: mm, me? Yeah.
0: And but it's like it wasn't for. It's not for me. It's for him. Exactly. Son, to know, like that side, and it's like you gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. So like forgiveness is very important. Uh, I'm a tourist, so I'm real stubborn when it comes to that. Like, <laughs> I forgive, <laughs> but I hold. I remember. Yeah, I remember what you did, and that still, I'm like, I forgave you, but I don't rock with you like that. Yeah,
1: you that's know, okay. So. That's normal. Yeah. yeah.
0: But just sitting there, thinking about it and talk about it, like you got to let stuff go. Yeah. Hold on,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because if you do, who knows if I met a uh, one of my family members in the relationship we could have or whatever, exactly. That case may be. Or like with your situation, like who knows. What would have happened? I mean, it almost sounds like if you coming from your family point, like what would have happened to that lady? It's like some people might be like, "Fuck that lady!" What happened yeah, to her? yeah. I mean, it's like no, she's a human too. Exactly. So, Who this is? I didn't know we was we <laughs> having, um a lifetime uh, a lifetime special here. I didn't know that. Thought, right. You know, but that I mean that's good for people to hear, like that you forgave mm-hmm. and you're able to be able to function. And not get mad because it, yeah. be, it could be times where something bad happened or something happened, and you just look over like and something triggered you. Yeah, and that's that's good that y'all are able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't, I'm, I'm like I don't know. I'm, I'm still thinking of the movie. I'm I could be the director. Man, um, let's speak it into existence. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I say, like it really could, and I think it would help people. Just me think sitting here mm. thinking like how someone was be able to forgive the person that killed a family member, mm-hmm. but then to also be able to have a foundation and that person work with them. Yeah. Like, you a strong individual. I, I, it's a Jones thing. Y'all won't understand. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, so, yeah. talking about forgiveness um, with your story, how give three actionable steps of how people can forgive.
1: Mm, that's good I've never been asked that before so I would say like the first step is um kind of accept you know what has happened so whether it doesn't matter what that person has done to you accept that it has happened it's nothing that you can do about it you can't go back in time and change it and say oh I wish I would have responded this way or I wish they would have never came at me like that so just accept the fact that has happened and then I would say like the the second part would be um, I don't want to say like forgiving yourself um, or not, I guess not beating yourself up so much about it would probably be like the second part. And then the third would be um, just extend that forgiveness in your heart to that person. Um, Whether, you know, you may not ever encounter that person again. Like in my case, I thought that's the way it was going to be. I forgave her in my heart and I had moved on from it, but God had other plans and God has different plans for all of us. So who knows? would you extend that forgiveness to them, how that might change their life? Mm. Like in my case, I didn't know that that was something that she had been praying about the entire time she was in prison mm. was just to get that forgiveness from me and my family. That's the only thing that she prayed for. Mm. And it's funny how things come back mm. around. And wow. so that's why it's always bigger than us. So never like, you know, say, Oh, this is a grudge I have with somebody it's probably something bigger that's going to come out of it. Like, not every case, but I would yeah, say. Yeah,
0: wow. Yeah. Wow. So her, it was really her prayer. Yeah. That made all this go because God is a graceful and merciful God. That's that's it. Because if that was in control of somebody else, they've been praying. They wouldn't answer the phone. Why do you keep calling me? <laughs> right. Wow. Damn. Yeah. This is this. I wasn't expecting this. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is yeah. This is definitely a show. Not this ain't even a Tubi movie. Don't put it on Tubi. This right. Netflix, Hulu, something, Amazon Prime, something of that sort. Damn. So I love those tips because they're simple and pe- that's what you have to do to forgive. Mm-hmm. So, um, I appreciate your story. I didn't. I like. I looked up and I didn't know it was like this. I didn't know it was like going. Yeah. It's got me thinking. Like, that's messing me up because I'm supposed to ask questions and stuff. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, okay, who I need to forgive for real, for real? Yeah. Because if you can forgive that person, that, that's going to make me always remember she forgave the person that killed their dad. I can forgive you. Yeah. You ain't done nothing as, that bad to me. It, to where you killed a family member I can forgive you yeah and I think that's yeah. people
1: people use that as an excuse nowadays yeah. oh I would never forgive that person because they did x y and z but it's like why yeah why even hold on to that
0: you know, if you <laughs> Whitney John, can forgive the person that killed your dad we can all forgive yes. anybody unless they even if they did kill I mean Everybody different in different circumstances, but we can forgive. Yeah. So I applaud you for listening to God Mm -hmm. and being able to work with that person, but also having the foundation to be able to help others and not just have helped yourself and you and the lady just build a relationship between yourself, but to show the world that you can really forgive somebody and work with them. And even though they probably gave you the... The most pain you might have endured in your life to mm-hmm. that point, mm-hmm. but that's that's just crazy. So I just I applaud you for that. So tell um oh no I need a quote. Oh, like off my whole <laughs> I forgot where we where we, going. Where are we supposed I to be going. <laughs> I need a quote. I need a quote. It could be your quote. It could be mm-hmm. a quote you live by, whatever. But I need a
1: quote. Okay, I got you. Let's see. That's a good quote I got for y'all. So I would say. No matter what kind of business you have, whether it's for profit, nonprofit, always keep God first in your business. He should always be at the top of your business plan. If you even have to list him as a board member, do that, because I honestly wouldn't be in the position that I am in now to be able to impact as many families as I have. And I think just being obedient is changed the whole trajectory in my life. Imagine if I wouldn't have listened to him when he said, go do what I did. And she would have got released from prison and we probably would have lost contact with her. And then that's just, that would have threw off everything. I don't know if this foundation would even be here. So just imagine just not responding or answering that one request that he has for you, how it can change the rest of your life, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that's probably not a quote, but hopefully that was. Yeah, that's good. That's 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 kind of drawn out.
0: it's times like that where I have people excuse me, have people on and they tell a story and I'm sitting here like, well maybe maybe my life ain't that like or a certain situation ain't that bad. Yeah. That's that's the point of hearing different underdog story and seeing how they turn into a successful underdog because it ain't too many people that could be sitting right there and say they did what you did. Mm-hmm. We all know somebody that, that lost their life from you know, whatever kind of uh, thing of someone killing them or something happening and it's like dang that on, oh wow yeah this gonna be a good one I already thought of the title but I ain't gonna say it on here
1: well, oh I'm excited because
0: <laughs> I think just just how it is how the title a title <laughs> the title a title I think it uh, people will be like okay what is this about and then when they listen to the story they're gonna be like wow because it's really making me sit here like I really need to forgive some people So I'm not going to keep talking because I need to write some people's names down and stuff, but tell people how they can reach you and how they can work with you and your foundation.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So on Facebook, um, I'm just listed as Whitney Jones um, on Instagram. My username is hey, H-E-Y underscore Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y-Y. Um, and the good thing is in my bio, I have all of my business pages listed. So you guys can feel free to follow my pages, check us out. Um, and then if you want to check out our website, it's um, www.rkjfoundation.org. Um, so yeah, if you guys have like any questions at all, or if you are a nonprofit out there and you want to like partner with us, feel free to dm me um i'm here to help and i'm open to answering any questions you guys have so
0: all right um i'm still i'm sorry Audien, i'm still because <laughs> like you like because i'm a person that does like i hold grudges oh like but it's not i don't hold the grudge to it's like i could just be done with you yeah I not really care but i hold whatever you did of the reason, so it's that's why I'm just tripping. But yeah, um, say something to close this. I don't know. <laughs> close, close on. I
1: so I would just say for anybody that is like in your situation, they hold grudges and they just don't have forgiveness in their heart. I would just say pray about it. Pray, God, pray for you know that for to have that forgiving type spirit. Because I'm, I just want to challenge y'all. Like, if you are feuding with somebody right now, try forgiving them. Like, really, genuinely sit down and be like, you know what. You did this to me, but it's all good. And if you even want to take it a step further and reach out to that person, and say, you know what, I forgive you. Um, however they respond is however they're gonna respond. But at least you did your part. And just like just just see how much weight you feel when you do that. I and mean, you gotta be genuine about it too. Don't just do it if you're not ready. Take your time. Like everybody processes things differently. It took me twenty years, I mean, to get to that point. So take your time. It's no rush, but I just challenge you to just try it. And I'm I'm telling you, it's gonna be life-changing. And on that
0: note, keep being great. Exactly. I'm the underdog with the heroic heart. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family,